Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey and I both have some unfortunate news, his involving Komodo dragons and mine involving manatees in Florida. On a more positive note, we learn about two more favorites from Africa and about our very unique, though I find it creepy, animal of the week. So let's jump into episode 64 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new batch of animals. But before we get into that, what have you been up to since I last saw you, Casey? So I recently went tide pooling. Fun times, I'm jealous. Yes, but that was not my primary motive for the visit oh. because me and my sister's favorite coffee place to go to is 85 degrees and it's like a 30 minute drive from where we live. Um, so we couldn't just justify going there. So we decided after we would go to La Jolla mm-hmm. um, and so we did. And when we got there, of course, it was high tide, so we couldn't see a whole lot. Um, but I still got to see some things like sandcastle worms were there, which you can't really tell they're worms, but they kind of look just like rock because they make little tubes what? and they hide in there. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. They're cool. And then when they're when they're out, they when it's higher up and you can't see them, they'll be out with their little uh, feeler things and collecting food. Oh, that's fun. Yep. But there were some um, pools, the smaller ones, which I nearly ate shit going to because algae's all over the place. Yep, that'll do it. And there's literally nothing but periwinkle snails in them. And like some, yes. Um, It's, you could, I was stepping on some barnacles too, but they're like impossible to crush. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay. Take that barnacles. Yeah. And then there's. Along the edge where before you would fall off to your demise, mm-hmm. there's also, um, there's gooseneck barnacles and mussels. Um, I've taken picture. You can easily find them. It's not that hard. I also seen little tiny fish gobies. That's cool. I want to see yeah. that. Yes. I remember seeing sea urchins occasionally, only like a couple when I was that when I was a kid mm-hmm. though. But did you see any of those? I have. I honestly don't think I've ever seen sea urchins when wow. I've gone out tide pooling. I've seen like... I swear we did it in La Jolla, but I'm yeah. not 100% sure where. Yeah. I've seen sea stars when I was on the wharf in Oceanside. And then there were some idiots taking them off of the rocks. Poor sea stars. They're like, yeah. leave me alone. I'm doing my own thing. Yes. Eating mussels and environmental things. <laughs> anyway... Yeah. So because it was high tide, we didn't stay for very long because mm-hmm. you can't see. You can't see much, yeah. yeah. So then I had, we went past um, where the kiddie pool is, where the seals normally are. Went further to this grassy area with a few trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and over there, there are sea lions. And apparently there's this one place, there are stairs you can walk down and could go over to where the sea lions are, although you're not supposed to. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Um, I mean, you could still go down on the rock, but just don't get close to the sea lions. Yeah. And then there's a couple other rocks separated from them where there's more sea lions. It was cute because there's some sea lion pups there. Aww. And then one was very cute and funny because it kept on trampling all over the adults. 
<laughs> they're so light it doesn't matter they're not really that light <laughs> they're compared big. to an adult yeah well it was, human it was big children puppers. trample adults too so it's just a kid thing yeah some of the parents didn't like it though and they were barking at it oh yeah probably like stop yeah just like we would and there was these two little ones near the edge they looked like little loafs no mm. i want to see them yeah we have to actually be good okay in 2022 resolution is we're actually going to start doing our field trips our mm-hmm. podcast field trips we have to go to a tide pool we have to go whale watching mm-hmm. maybe catalina that's a bigger ask <laughs> but well, definitely canoe there <laughs> sure um, but definitely whale like watching. My... I feel like, though, if we go to Catalina, I think I want to bite the bullet and buy a wetsuit or a spring. No, the wetsuit's the heavier duty one, right? Yes. Yeah. I feel like I want to buy a wetsuit. But also, I have to get back down to my normal weight, so I'm not having to buy two wetsuits because I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. I have a wetsuit and a spring suit. Yeah. Look at you, special. <laughs> but um, I freeze, though, so a wetsuit's probably just better for mm-hmm. me in general. And then, yeah, and we can, and we can go snorkeling at um, La Jolla because mm-hmm. I've never done it, so... We just have so many field trips we need to do, Casey. We need to get on it. Anyway, but yeah, so you went tide pooling and saw sea yep. lions and... There were also cormorants. Cool. We talked about them before, a different yep. type. Ours are not dying of the bird flu, so mm-hmm. that's good. And there were a lot of... It was just a lot of birds that day. Like, I saw pelicans flying over every, like, five to ten minutes, which I'm not used to. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like when you're at the coast, you see them a lot. Yeah. But still. Like, I usually see them as, like, only one Passover, I'll see them. And I just saw a bunch of passing one way, and then some came back the other way. <laughs> pelican traffic that day, man. Mm-hmm. I like pelicans. Me too. They're cool. I remember one that was in the Oceanside. I would go onto the pier and would just sit there, even if you were, like, right on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they do that, because they'll steal a fish. Yeah. Yeah, because people fish off the pier in Oceanside, so pelicans will sit up there all the time, because mm-hmm. they're like, hello. And I'm always like, I want to sit back and like people watch, I guess pelican watch to see if they successfully steal a fish from the fishermen. Because you can see them like eyeing their little like cooler and Mm -hmm. stuff. (laughs) Anyway, it's crazy. Also, I feel like some fishermen deserve it. (laughs) Like I get the vibe from fishermen people that I don't like them. It depends, I guess. Yeah, I can see that with a lot. I can see that with a lot. Um... But yeah, anyway, they're they're entertaining. I feel like, yeah, you see pelicans a lot on the pier at Oceanside. And then I always see sea lions on like the docks and like sometimes on the boats in the harbor there. They like to hang out there, which as if I was a boat owner, I would not be happy about. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to destroy my boat. Please don't. We can be on the dock next to it. That's mm-hmm. fine. But like, don't be on my boat. Anyway. Well, that's exciting. Yep. Was that your trip? Yep. That so was coffee my trip. and then animals. Yes. Well, I decided I haven't done this in a while, and I haven't talked about it in a while. Excuse me. And maybe some people would be interested in it. I first heard about this from the Animal Park, um, because they work with this group to... They're supposed to be doing research on giraffes, but I rarely see the giraffe. But anyway, it's called Wild Watch Kenya. I will link it on our Twitter, and then... um, you can just Google Wild Watch Kenya. It'll take you to Zooniverse, and you can sign up for different study type things there, but you'll find that one. Basically, what it is is they have essentially trail cams, so they're motion sensor, motion activated, I should say. So if they see something, they're going to take a picture, and there's going to be a gazillion pictures generated by this, so they don't have the manpower to go through it and identify everything. So they have just citizens wherever um, identify what you see. So a lot of times you get pictures that just have, like, grass, And now it's the second time I've done it, so I'm smarter this time. 
and I don't spend five minutes zooming in on every part of the picture going like, there has to be something here. Like, there's a snake, there's a bird, there's something camouflaging. No, there's not. If you don't see it fairly quickly, it's probably not there. So then you just say, you know, nothing here, and then you move on. But then you'll get a lot of those, but then you'll just get excited because it's like, zebra butt, there's a zebra. Or you'll have a whole zebra. And I found one picture, Casey, that I... I started doing screenshots after a while, but I did take one picture just like on my phone of the computer. And look at this. It's a nighttime picture. <laughs> very clear zebra butt. Yeah. Very much a zebra, a zebra butt. butt. And then according to their guides, it looks like it's an Impala. But anyway, who's like right up in the camera. Wild Watch Kenya. So I'm guessing Gravy's zebra. Uh, I don't know. They don't specify. They say zebra. But anyway, so, but it'll be exciting because you're going through nothing, 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 and then it'll be like zebra butt, and sometimes it's a whole zebra, and then I have like a nighttime one where it's an elephant, so the elephant's super blurry, and then, um, and then this time, which didn't happen last time, I've got humans, so there's one where there's three kids, I forgot, I took a picture of that one too, there's three kids just like looking at the camera, they're very much aware that's a camera, and they're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and then you'll get a lot of people, um, like, walking, not walking, but, like, out with their herds of goats and stuff, so you'll see, like, a guy and some goats. Um, anyway, so that's cool, and then, um, but then there were some nighttime ones, and it's hard to identify, because you just see most of the eyes, and the picture quality is not good. So one, though, I was like, that's definitely a cat body, so I don't know if it was a lion or a leopard. I went with leopard, but... Because it's kind of hard to tell because it almost looked like it had stripes. But I'm like, but that's not a build of a zebra. So that has to be a cat. So I was like, maybe I'll go leopard because it looks like it has a pattern on it. <laughs> and then there was one that I'm not sure if they were like hyenas or pigs or something. Because, again, you don't have good. A pig or a know. hyena. Yeah, because hyenas have that kind of curved. When they walk, they're kind of curved. And I was like, I my first instinct is it's a hyena. But then I'm like, and it looks like it kind of has spots. So I'm like, I think it's a spotted hyena. But I, I don't know for sure. And then I was like, I don't know, that stance could also be like a pig, but I don't think it's a warthog, which should be the pig that would be there. So, like, you know. Anyway, um, so it was really cool. And then you get, like, an elephant occasionally. And there was one zebra who, like, had backed up to the camera. So it's, like, the top of its butt's in there. And then its, fa its face is turned around because it's itching itself. So it was just cute. And you could see, like, the detail in its fur. And it's cool. And you get a lot of, like, impala and, and a lot of goats this time. Um... But anyway, yeah, so it's really cool because you just go through it and then it's like, oh, there's nothing there, there's nothing there. And they're like, elephant! And you like are like a little kid, you're like, oh my god. And it's like you see pictures of them all the time, but it's cooler when you see it this way. I don't know how to explain it. So anyway, check out Wild Watch Kenya. It's super cool. You can spend like five minutes doing it or you could do it for like an hour. But if you do it for a long time, you're going to get a lot of repeat pictures. So it gets kind of boring after a while. But definitely just go spend like 15 minutes, help them out see some cool animals. It's awesome. And then you have to like be a little detective and they have this little guide if you don't know what the animals. It's like the horns look like this or like the color is like this. So I then remember, you try to figure it out. I remember those guides when uh, I was doing the kelp forest one with NASA's satellite photos mm -hmm. because there's a lot of green things sometimes, but they're not all kelp. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so you should check it out, Wild Watch Kenya. I'll link it on our Twitter, and then, of course, you can just Google it. Um, and I might share some of the pictures, because I did take some screen caps of them and be like, do you know what this animal is? And then also just to show you, like, here's a zebra. Anyway, zebras are the most common ones I get. The only giraffe I think I've had is, like, a leg of a giraffe, kind of, and I only know it's a giraffe because the pattern on it is a giraffe. Other than that, I'd be like, what is this tiny thing in the corner? Well, it takes up, like, the whole edge of the screen, but anyway. Moving on. So moving from fun stuff um, to I believe we both have depressing news today. Both so that's sides. exciting for us being facetious here. But Casey, tell us what you wanted to talk about today. Komodos. 
Meaning the dragons, right? Yes. All right. They're endangered. <laughs> that was the jump of the gun, but okay. Yes. So the International Union for Conservation of Nature made the decision in September to uplist Komodo dragon from vulnerable to endangered. That sucks. There are less than 1,400 left, and habitat loss from humans and nature were cited as the reasons for the change in conservation status. Just for some perspective, there are currently 38,543 species on the red list that are threatened by extinction. And this is a serious wake-up call for the climate negotiations, which have taken place by the time this gets published. Okay. Um, Given that this species is now more threatened while it resides on island habitat amidst rising sea levels. Mm, That makes sense. Yep. The Komodo dragon is endemic to just a few islands in Indonesia. The largest population is in Komodo National Park on Komodo Island, with a few smaller populations on the islands of Rinca and Flores. Also, do you have a perspective on the survival rate of this species? A female will have, on average, about 30 eggs. Of those, only 20 will hatch, and only two will reach adulthood. And are they ones who eat their the smaller Komodos? Yes. So they're eating their young, so maybe they shouldn't do that. It would help them. Well, it's... Lizard They're brains? surviving on the, for themselves. Oh, wow. They don't think for the species. Wow. <laughs> and when the IUCN reclassified the Komodo, it took into account multiple factors re- relating to the natural history and habitat of the species. And in order to be classified as endangered, the species must meet at least one of five criteria. One of these is significant population decline over the last 10 years. The most significant factors in the case of the Komodo dragon are its small range and population size. Keep in mind its native range is only 809 square kilometers. And to put that in perspective, that is just slightly larger than New York City. Wow. The population is also extremely fragmented and expected to decline even more. It is estimated with the sea levels rising up to 71% of suitable Komodo habitat will be lost in 45 years. Wow. And a third of the population could be gone by the year 2050. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And the Komodo is fortunate in that it is a larger and more charismatic species than others that aren't receiving as much attention. And this can be very evident by the fact that most people probably couldn't even name the first animal to go extinct due to human-induced climate change. I'm sure not. Want to take a guess? I mean, I'm just going to say the dodo because that's the one everyone knows about. Well, no, it's climate change specifically. Oh, got you. Okay. I'm going to say it's some sort of frog. I don't know. Nope, it's a rodent. The Bramble K. melamese. It went extinct in 2016. It was endemic to the Bramble K and went extinct due to rising sea levels. Where's the Bramble K? It's over in Australasia region. Okay. Yep. And a K, by the way, is kind of like the Florida Keys. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. The species is relatively well protected in Komodo National Park, but this is not the same situation on Flores, which contains over half of the species' occupied habitat. And here the species is under threat by competition with humans, expanding farmland, collection for zoos in the pet trade, as well as invasive species. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. But science, you know... It doesn't matter, and climate change doesn't exist, so it's fine. Neither does COVID. A lot of things don't just don't exist, man. They don't exist. Um, all right. Well, um, I also am bearing depressing news. Again, human-caused problems, you know, because we're the best. 
Um, so the article title is Florida Manatees Dying in Record Numbers Amid Food Scarcity. This is an article from NBC News. I will be linking it to our Twitter. Um, and I'm just going to read this first little bit of it to you because actually to me, I don't understand why they included this in the article. Like how you'll see what I mean. Okay. So St. Petersburg, Florida, Florida fishing guide and environmental activist, Paul Fafita, Fafita, maybe Fafita says a highlight for his charter customers is spotting the manatees that forage for seagrass in shallow waters. I would want to see that too. I wanted to see that when I was in Florida. It is not so thrilling when they come across the emaciated carcass of a manatee that starved to death. No shit, Sherlock. And this is the part that's dumb to me, okay? I don't know why this needed to be in an article. It's not good when you've got clients on the boat and all of a sudden there's a dead manatee. You think? Fafita? We haven't decided his name. President of the Clean Water Coalition of Indian River County said during a recent excursion in the Indian River Lagoon, a favorite hangout for the marine mammals along Florida's east coast, they're wanting to see them. They don't want to see them dead. I feel like this person, like, he's probably a good person, and he's yeah. probably so fed up with it, so he's just saying the, like, really blatantly stupid, like, duh, Like, when we would sell fish to parents, mm-hmm. like, they just want something pretty to look at, and I just want to be like, do they want to see dead fish? Because that's what you're going to have. Some of those fish we sold are also a problem for manatees. Oh, dear. The Placostomus. Oh, people never get those right anyway. There's regions in Florida, it's just completely covered, covered in Placostomus. Oh, yeah, they would totally eat all that, too. They uproot the grass and then it, it can't, can't grow. grow. Yeah, it's a problem. Ugh, man. Anyway, so the actual, you know, meat of the story here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> The actual meat of the story here. Florida is experiencing an unprecedented unprecedented die-off of manatees this year with 959 documented deaths as of October 1st. That's already more than any full year on record. And colder weather soon to come could bring another wave of deaths in a population that numbers between 7,500 and 10,200 along both Florida coasts, according to state estimates. So manatee deaths this year will likely double the 593 record in 2020 and will far outnumber the latest the yeah, latest five-year average of 146 deaths in Florida, according to state figures, with no end to the die-off in sight. So um, then they're going on to say, there's a huge sense of urgency, said Gil McRae, director of the State Fish and Wildlife Research Institute. We are uncertain how long its high manatee deaths these are going to be. So anyway, the reasons for it, seagrass um, that they eat is dying as the water quality declines due to fertilizer runoff, wastewater discharges, and polluted water that is increasingly diverted on purpose from Lake Okeechobee. I don't remember if that's how you say that. That's probably not how you say that. To coastal estuaries. So essentially the man-made pollutants can cause algae blooms so thick that seagrass can't get the sunlight it needs to survive jeopardizing the manatee's main food supply. Since um, 2009, I should say, about 58% of the seagrass has been lost in the Indian River Lagoon, state estimates show. So it goes on to, you know, continue on this. Basically, we're fucking up their source of food, so all the manatees are dying, which sucks. Because they're really cool. And when I went to Florida, I was like, I want to see a manatee. Like, I want to see an alligator, but I want to see a manatee, right? I want to see American crocodile. Okay, well... That's cool, too. But alligator number one. I also, offshoot, found it hilarious that their roads will say, like, 
bicyclist to the right, and they're just covered in alligators. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way I'm riding my bike right next to all of those. You're insane. Uh, I'm going on the left. Uh, Anywho. But yeah, so um, basically because people don't care, you know, carelessness is some of it, but then some of it is just dumping stuff that's being stupid and not caring about our environment. And we're just killing these manatees, which is awful. And, you know, everything affects everything else. So we should maybe care about this. So anywho, there's the like cool wildlife in Florida be born in a state (laughs) with responsible people. Because it doesn't work that way. (laughs) It just it's all crazy. It's sad. Anyway. um, But yeah, so I will link that, obviously. And there's more to the article. But that's the gist of it. Essentially, we are causing the seagrass to die. So the manatees are starving to death as well. Mm -hmm. Like, that's awful. Anyway, so that is that. Um, But we will um, try to transition into happier <laughs> stuff. So it was my turn to pick the category this week, and I thought I was going to pick something that would make life easier because I didn't want to have a ton of options. I was like, we'll do this. And then Casey comes back with me like, these aren't a thing. So then I said, screw it. They're going to have this in their common name, and that counts. <laughs> and then it'll be extra funny because mine doesn't actually have it in its common name. But here we go. <laughs> So my choice was favorite African gazelle because if you go to most places, they're going to say that like gazelle are an offshoot of antelope and there's like, it's like eight or 12 different Mm -hmm. types. So um, anyway, so favorite African gazelle (laughs) with gazelle in the common name, even though mine doesn't actually end in gazelle. Take it away, Casey. Who is yours? So I picked the Dama gazelle, but before I talk about this species, a rant. All right. Gazelles are not a thing. It's all a lie. <laughs> okay. So the true gazelles are those in the genus Gazella, which is only about 10 species. But many others are also called gazelles. And there are three other genera that are commonly called gazelles. And those are animals in the genera, Nanger, Eurorchis, and Procrapta. And these groups aren't each other's closest relatives. Nanger and Eudorchus are each other's closest relatives, but Procapra are more closely related to Dictics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which we had talked about before. The yes, Kirk's we have. Dictic was an animal of the week. And those in the genus Gazella, closer relative is an animal not even called a gazelle. It's a black buck. <laughs> so antelopes are what is called, sorry, gazelles are what is called a polyphyletic group. And that is when those in the designated group don't share an immediate common ancestor. Okay. It's the bane of existence of your work in phylogenetics. Okay. Because it tells you nothing. (laughs) It's all lies. (laughs) So, how does this happen? Well, things look like other things. And it's like, oh, they also look like these other things. Yeah, because they definitely all look like each other. For the most part. You know, like offshoots. Yes. So, we're going to make this group of a thing things. But then we find out. (laughs) Yes, the thing things. But then you find out some of the things aren't related to these other thing things, so we have to classify them as other thing things. This is getting very confusing. So based on looks, essentially, yeah. based on looks, this looks like this type of thing. Like a wolf, right? Yeah. Like a maned wolf looks like a wolf type thing. But then when we look into the actual genes and everything of it and the actual science of it, like on a molecular level, we find out they're not actually related. Yes. Okay. So we're going with, like, I'm just walking through Africa, and I'm like, that looks like a gazelle. That also looks like a gazelle. That one looks clearly different. It's an eland. It's giant. Does not look like this gazelle. Okay. Continue on. Yes. So with the exception of Procapra, 
these other groups commonly called gazelles were once in the genus Gazella, but later on it was discovered that they were more distantly related and got reclassified. You know what else isn't a thing, though? And this is a topic for another day? What? Trees. That's, trees are not a thing. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I will not accept it, Casey. <laughs> It's too bad it's true. <laughs> Biology, when you get a degree, it ruins your life. <laughs> you see all the lies. <laughs> yep. Nothing I learned as a child is true. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Moving on. So the scientific name of the Dama gazelle is Nanjur Dama. The species is restricted to fragmented populations in Mali, Niger, and Chad. It inhabits arid regions and prefers to live in the stony plain-like habitat and avoids the deserts in its native range. Has an average lifespan of 12 years in the wild and can live into their teens in captivity. It is the largest of the gazelles but it is sexually dimorphic in size. Mm -hmm. Approximately one meter tall, the females weigh 35 to 40 kilograms whereas the males can weigh 40 to 85 kilograms. However, both have horns that are 25 centimeters long, but tend to be larger on the males. Both sexes have horns because they live in an environment with very limited resources, so the females are going to need to compete um, with their horns um, in order to get to the resources, or else they would just die off from all the males feeding them. <laughs> the species feeds on a variety of vegetation, including shrubs, desert grasses, and leaves on lower hanging branches of acacia trees. Because there is little water in their habitat, they don't ever drink and get the majority of their water from the plants they eat. These limited resources mean that herds of Dama gazelle have to partake in long seasonal migrations, moving into plateaus in the Sahara Desert in the raining season, then back into bushlands during the dry season. The Dama gazelle is currently classified as critically endangered by the IUCN Red List. Oh no! Yes, it is one of the most endangered mammals on Earth with an estimated wild population of less than 400 individuals. Wow. It is also most endangered of the gazelle. There are currently three recognized subspecies, though none are particularly common in the wild. And there are breeding programs for the different subspecies in different regions of the world and captive breeding programs. There have been reintroductions, most of which are in protected fences, fenced-in areas. But in 2015, there was a reintroduction of 24 individuals of the Moor gazelle subspecies, which showed that the species is capable of going from life in captivity to a self-sustaining life in the wild. Good. Yep. And you can find these at the animal park where my giant eland used to be. Yes, they're pretty. But they are very beautiful. They're very <laughs> beautiful, um, but I would like to see my eland again. <laughs> so that was the Dama gazelle. They're awesome. Well, if you journey just a little bit down... <laughs> the little the little trail at the park you'll run into my favorite the one i have chosen which is the garanook that does not have gazelle in its common name <laughs> but when it specified different types of gazelle they're one of them and these guys are super unique so like you think what a gazelle is i feel like usually if you think of what a gazelle is you're probably thinking of a thompson's gazelle i feel like they're the most basic and then because the damas look different because they're so like they're just so pretty and they're kind of lighter in color but then they can be like really dark and so they also anyway. have red yeah, they're really cool. Anyway, um, but Garanooks look different. <laughs> they have a very long neck, and I'm sure we will get into um, more information on them in a second. So, these are the Garanook. Their scientific name is Litocranius walleri. 
is what I'm going to say that is. It's also known as the Waller's Gazelle. I've never heard that ever. So. I had to dig deep to find that. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I've never heard that ever. They are found in East African countries like Ethiopia, Somalia, Kenya, and Tanzania. I can label those now. Now I know Ethiopia is right above Kenya. <laughs> anyway, this species lives predominantly in savanna and shrubland habitat. They are 140 to 160 centimeters tall. They weigh 29 to 58 kilograms. This species does display sexual dimorphism, dimorphism, with males being heavier, and they have horns. They look so interesting. Like, the females make more sense to me, and then you see the male, and you're like, what is this? <laughs> okay. This species has an average lifespan of about 10 to 12 years. The name Garanook is Somali for giraffe neck. That will make sense when you see a picture of them. Or giraffe necked, I should say which is a reference to the species' very long neck and makes them easily identifiable. This species is a browser and will feed off the leaves of woody vegetation. Their unusual neck gives them an advantage when foraging for food as they will stand on their hind legs and use their long neck to feed from tree leaves. It's hilarious when you watch this happen, and they do it all the time at the park, and I love them. Anyway, and like many antelope, they do not rely on bodies of water, but instead get their water intake from the plants that they eat. Even though they may, even though some may refer to them as a gazelle, it is not, but is a closely related antelope. The Garanix's closest living relative is actually the springbok. Females of the species are social and form herds that they live in throughout the year, while males are solitary and only get together with females during breeding season. When they are juveniles, they will get hidden away from their mother and remain motionless while they wait in grasses and bushes. A.K.A. Tuckers. They're Tuckers. <laughs> I love Tuckers. Um, all right. Perfect. And the adults have a response that is unlike other savanna antelope and more like those of species in the forest. And they, too, will freeze when a predator gets close rather than just springing away. They think they're dealing with dinosaurs. <laughs> like, stop. They won't see us. <laughs> anyway, that's hilarious. Mm -hmm. The Garanook is currently listed as near-threatened by the IUCN Red List. The population is currently in decline and soon may meet the threshold for being classified as vulnerable. It is estimated that there are only 95,000 left. The biggest threats to the species are habitat loss and fragmentation. As human population expands, they are encroaching on their native habitat and replacing it with farmland, roads, and settlements, resulting in a decrease of the population by 25% within the last 14 years. Currently, only 10% of the population lives in protected areas. Conservation organizations working with local government to make alternative economic plans to these development projects that are destroying habitat. Um, and one thing being done is that they are expanding conservation tourism by helping to construct tourism lodges. I would absolutely, I, that's like one of the dream trips is going to Africa. Mm -hmm. And I want to stay in a lodge and I want to just go on multiple safaris. I'm like, I want to go see all the animals. Anyway, so that is the Garanook. I will be sharing a picture um, and you will immediately identify them from their really long neck. And they're hilarious when they stand up on their hind legs. I recommend going to the animal park. Just recommend going there on your own anyway. Yeah. But they're awesome, and they usually will do that behavior, so it's pretty cool. All right, but that gets us from cool to creepy. And Casey, <laughs> our animal of the week this week is... The Taita Hill Sicilian. Mm-hmm. Tell cool. us about it. I will. So these guys come from the Origimnofiona, and they come from the family Herpelidae. 
and the species name is Pulling Gorilla Aitana. Okay. The species is endemic to the Taita Hills in Kenya, which gives the species both its common and scientific name. And the species primarily lives in moist montane forests, and these are forests that are located on the slopes of mountains. They can also be found living in wetlands near bodies of water and occasionally plantations and agricultural areas. Lifespan of this species is unknown as it's not particularly well studied. Um, the species shows some degree of sexual dimorphism. Males are 34.8 centimeters long, whereas females are 33.3 centimeters long. Size does vary with where they are found. Those from natural forests are significantly larger than those living in agricultural areas. They are known to feed on termites, worms, and other invertebrates. It was once thought that they were detritivores and fed on decaying material, but studies have found that earthworms made up a large mass of the food consumed and that these were the contributors of detritus being found in the gut. Hmm, okay. Yep, because earthworms are detritivores <laughs> and eat dirt. You are what you eat. Yes. So on first look, Sicilians resemble a giant worm or snake but is related to neither of them. And they are actually a legless amphibian. So weird. They look like a worm. They're it looks cool. like a worm. They're cool. Okay, continue. Yes. Sicilians have very small eyes with poor eyesight, and that is primarily used to detect light and dark. Not very good at forming images. And the reason for this poor eyesight is that they are fossorial species, which means that they burrow and live underground, so they don't have much need for good vision. But they do have small little tentacles on their head that they use as chemoreceptors to detect food and help them navigate. Okay. Even though they don't have any limbs, they are very efficient diggers because they have very strong, robust skulls. Along with their muscles, they are, if they are able to efficiently move themselves through the soil. Some species of Sicilians are viviparous, but this species is oviparous and lays eggs. This species is unlike many other amphibians in that it has a small clutch size. A female's clutch will average from two to nine eggs, with an average of being just five. Hmm. The species also has the smallest record at recorded average clutch size of any Sicilian species. This species is unlike other amphibians in many other ways as well. They do not lay eggs in a body of water, but instead dig a chamber underground and lay her eggs in there. The female also live in close proximity to each other, especially during nesting season, and live in areas with high nesting densities. There is also some evidence of alloparental care. Um, this is when an individual that cares for the offspring is not the biological parent. Oh, like babysitting. Yes. It was found in some studies that there was a small number of offspring in litters that did not belong to the attending female. They are distinct from most other amphibians in that they grow through direct development rather than starting off as tadpoles, then going through metamorphosis. Hmm, okay. Their offspring are also altricial, which means that they are very helpless when they are young and rely on their mother to care for them. Okay. The species was the first egg-laying Sicilian that was discovered to feed its young, but it feeds them in a very bizarre way. Rather than hunting and bringing them, fo them food, um, the female grows very thick skin, and it is actually modified skin, 
her offspring also have small teeth that they will use to feed on that skin. That's so creepy. It's cool. And the skin does grow back after a couple days, and this does not appear to harm the female. That part's good. Yes. I've seen video of it um, with David Attenborough over-voicing it, and it's really cool. It's like little shark teeth. <laughs> nope. Yep. It's also very high in fat, so that's how they are able to grow up fairly quickly. Hmm. Okay. It's really cool. <laughs> What's cool to him is creepy to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm fun. <laughs> the Taita Hill Sicilian is currently listed as endangered by the IUCN Red List. Its population is currently in decline, with the biggest threat it's facing is deforestation and expansion of agriculture. It is estimated that 98% of the forests in the Taita Hills are gone and have been replaced by small-scale agricultural operations. The Kenya Forest Service does protect the remaining forest fragments. There are also plans in place to replace plantations with restored forest habitat to save the species, but this will take several years. All right. Well, that is... I've forgotten how to say it already. Taita Hill Sicilian. There we go. Taita Hill Sicilian, mm -hmm. which is an amphibian. It's crazy. It doesn't look like an amphibian. Everything's weird about it. It's my there favorite group of amphibians. Okay. Of course it is because <laughs> it's weird. Um, anyway, but that's cool. But it's unique for sure. It yes. is a very unique individual species. So that's cool. Hey, Casey, remember when you talked about um, tide pooling and seeing sea lions a while ago? Yes, I do. All right. Why are sea lions so strong? I don't know. Because they love big muscles. <laughs> it was so dumb I had to do it. Yes, that is very dumb. Right. <laughs> anyway. But that brings us to our challenge, and it's Casey's turn to choose. So I don't know what we're doing today. Um, hopefully it's something for both of us. It because is. Because I don't like it when he does it for just me. Although now I'm solid. Myrmacophagus. <laughs> Got it. All right, so... I decided it's going to be, we're going to be naming animals. Okay. I decided I have a reference of the map of Africa. Okay. I'm going to let you start with a country to start off with. Okay. We will go take turns naming animals from that region. Oh, no. That's going to be difficult. Yes. And once we decide, we can't, the person whose turn it is can decide um, if you're done with that continent, that country. That country? Yes. But then when you move on to the next country, you lose two points. And you can't go back to that country. Okay, wait. So I'm confused. So you can keep, let's say you chose Egypt. You can keep yes. naming animals from Egypt yes. before you move on to another country. Yes. But once you move on to another country, you lose two points. So basically our goal is to name a shit ton of animals from one country. <laughs> yes. Okay. I want to go first. Yes. Okay. I'm having you pick. Great. Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're starting with Kenya. Okay. We're going to give us five minutes. I, you're going to have to know. I'm not going to know if these are wrong. If you say an animal, I'm not going to know that it's wrong. <laughs> um, the only reason I know that is if you're in, like, South Africa and it's something that's up in the Sahara. That's the only way I'm going to know. <laughs> or if you're like, it's an Egyptian cobra, but it's down in South Africa. Um, okay, I'm terrified. Okay, wait. So, okay, hang on. Sorry. So, I'm doing Kenya. Am I just going straight and naming them continuously, or are we jumping back and forth? We're jumping back from forth. Okay, so I'm going to choose my country, and then you're going to choose your country, or we're both no, doing we're Kenya? No, we're staying in one country. So going. whoever moves, that sucks. <laughs> I know. It's gonna be me. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Fine. I I don't know if these are all gonna be there, but we're starting there. Okay. Alrighty. Here we go. Ready? Yes. Go. African elephant. White rhino. Okay. Um. I almost said a tiger. <laughs> a wildebeest. 
Oh god, we have to keep track of what animals we're Black saying. Black rhino. Okay. Um. Wait, zebra. Well, wait. You said wildebeest. I said wildebeest. Yeah. Why can't I? Think and I am not specifying what kind because <laughs> I don't know who's where. <laughs> I do know the zebra, but I wasn't going to do that. Um, impala. Um, a giraffe. Giraffe. Warthog. Um, a. Uh, I, I think they're there. I don't know. Do we just like miss a point, or we just try again if we get an animal wrong? We'll just miss a point. Okay. Um. Then I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um. I'm pretty sure they're there. I'm gonna say a black mamba. Yep. Here's one that does. This is tough because we have to go back and forth, and I'm forgetting what animals we've said. <laughs> Egyptian cobra. They're not in Kenya. The they Egyptian down, cobra. Though. Yeah, they have a There's wide range. There's different cobras, dude. I know. Egyptian cobra has a large wing. Okay, I don't. I'm dude, so I had to look this thing up. Okay. <laughs> you got you got to work ahead on this. That's not fair. Okay. No, that was because of your thingy. My map? Um, okay. Um, oh god, where even are we? Okay. Um, uh it has to happen in Kenya. So, I'm going to say the I I'm saying crocodile. I'm not specifying who. It's a crocodile. Hmm. We said warthog. Yep, you said warthog. I did say warthog. I am like so focused right now. I'm like, who's there? Oh, leopard. What the hell am I? Um, I just had one and I lost it. Oh, a cape buffalo. I do not want to be the one to change a country. I just realized we just talked about some and it said the countries and I'm like, I don't remember if Kenya was one or if it was just Tanzania. <laughs> I think it was. I think Kenya was in there too. I know mine's definitely not in Kenya. I'm committing to saying it, but I'm gonna check. Oh, praise. Okay. Good. <laughs> oh, leopard tortoise. Um, uh, Garaduck. Did we say lion? No, <laughs> we didn't say a fucking lion. <laughs> A cheetah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be the one. I'm changing it to Madagascar. Oh, no. Does that mean I have to leave Kenya, too? Yes. Oh, man. Who's okay. That? Okay. We're just going to do a lot of lemurs. <laughs> okay. A red rough lemur. <laughs> Ring-tailed lemur. Damn it. I was going to do that one next. Shit. Where are the other ones? I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I should have gone with them first. You named it, and I don't know what it is. Oh my god, what else is in Madagascar? I don't know the Madagascar animals. This is a disaster. Now I'm going to have to change a country. Good lord. Um, what, oh, the, what are the, the mostly white ones? I don't know their name. Isn't there a black one? Yeah. What's its name, though? Fuck. Um... Well, we can change a country and still a bunch of the same animals are there. <laughs> All right. Let's do, um, I'm going to miss two points, but you've already missed two points, so it's fine. I'm going to say South Africa. We're going to be repeating a lot of animals. South Africa. <laughs> oh, African penguin. Okay. A rhino. Cape cormorant. <laughs> um, Lion. I don't want to repeat an animal. 
Why can I not think right now? I don't know. I'm mad you took us out of a Kenyan. I'm <laughs> real mad about that. Oh, yeah, spider hyena. Oh, Jesus. We didn't see the hyenas? <laughs> God. How are they down there? I think they are. African wild dog? I think they're down in South Africa. I think so. I'm going to be double checking the ones I'm we'll not sure. We'll check show. it, yeah. Dick dicks. They're just so common, I'm going to hope they are. Thompson's gazelle. Um, oh. Let's see. How dare you take us out of Kenya? <laughs> Fascinating. Well, he sees what we got and then has to check on one or two of them. I can't believe we didn't say lion like right <laughs> And I want to say meerkat. I assume they're everywhere. Basically going through Lion King. So there's 24. I'd check a few of these real quick. Okay. We're double checking if some of these are from... What else were you going to say from Madagascar? I know a bunch of lemurs. Blue-eyed black lemur. Let's see. There's also Sifaka, Indri, mouse lemurs. Okay, I would have gotten any of those. <laughs> I was like, ringtail, and I was like, I'm going to name a bunch of lemurs. Oh, shoot, I know two. <laughs> Red ruffed and, uh, and the ringtail. And then there's a the black one that I can't remember what they're called. Spotted hyenas are just within South Africa. <laughs> wow. Well, that one's good. Okay. You said spotted, right? Not striped? Yeah. Yeah, you said spotted. Striped, I know, is up north. Up north, yeah. have to check all these damn dick dicks <laughs> <laughs> me complaining about it there's like four species yeah anyway um all of this mostly started because i made him label a map of africa <laughs> and again next year we're gonna challenge ourselves to. oh we better. lost that point dick dicks are not in south africa well that wasn't me that was you. i know <laughs> I wouldn't have gone on a dick dick. I don't feel confident where they are. <laughs> Even though we have literally talked about one before. But that was a year ago, basically. <laughs> so. All right. So it's 23. 23. Oh, are we working together? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were competing against each no. other. No. Oh, okay. 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 Gotcha. That is different. Okay. Never mind. I'm like, don't. All right, man. Whew. That, that was rough. <laughs> Can we tell I like Kenya? <laughs> I'm like, this is where I want to go. It's where the mass migration happens, so you know all these animals are there. <laughs> Anywho. All right. Well, um, I think it could have been worse. I think it was okay. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't our best. I can't believe we didn't say lions and, like, cheetahs until yeah. for a while. Aren't the jackals there, too? I'm sure they are, mm -hmm. too. Anyway, we're crazy people. But yeah, that brings us to the end of episode 64. Thank you for listening. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Pod.